Hey, what's up? This is Scott Ian from Anthrax, and you're listening to Iron City Rocks. Yo, what's up? This is Frank Bello from Anthrax, and you are listening to Iron City Rocks. Turn it up! Yo, this is Joey Baladonna from Anthrax, and you're listening to Iron City Rocks. Hello, everybody. This is Charlie from Anthrax, and you're listening to Iron City Rocks. Turn it up. Anthrax loves you. Hello and welcome to episode 293 of the Iron City Rocks podcast. I'm your host, Sean, coming from the Iron City of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. We're kicking off 2016 with an interview with Charlie from Anthrax. Anthrax has a lot going on this year. They've got a new album called For All Kings coming out in February, as well as a tour with Lamb of God. Had a chance to listen to the new album. It is incredible. You will definitely want to be picking this album up. Before we get to that interview, here is a track from For All Kings. This is called Evil Twin. Ladies and gentlemen, with me on the phone, I have drummer from Anthrax, Charlie Benante. How you doing today, Charlie? I'm doing really well. How are you? Uh, I'm doing great. Thanks for coming on the show. Uh, it's always a pleasure talking to uh, someone <laughs> such as esteemed as yourself. Um, Anthrax has a lot of good, exciting things happening in uh, 2016. Um, so let's kind of start off talking about uh, the new album. Uh, for all kings um can you talk a little bit about how the album comes together and you know anthrax's writing process because i know you like most of the songs start with with you um yeah 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 i uh usually i'll bring in the the basic framework of a song um 
sometimes I'll have, you know, half of it. Sometimes I'll have the whole thing done. Um, and then once I feel it's like good enough to show the other guys, then um, I'll either do a demo of it and, and send it. Um, or sometimes we'll just get together in a rehearsal room and just kind of bang it out that way. And then um, once there's like, you know, a really good uh, arrangement of the song, uh, Scott will then take the song and he'll start applying lyrics to it. Uh, and from there, it, you know, gets broken down to, um, you know, melody lines uh, and, and it becomes an anthrax song. Right. And then there you go. It's ready to cook. <laughs> um, now, you you do most of the guitar parts. You write most of the guitar parts, and you got some really heavy riffs and some great riffs. And this album, I got a chance to listen to it, and it's it, it's it's phenomenal. I think you know Scott was quoted earlier as saying it's going to be better than worship music, and I think you guys nailed it. Um, when when you're writing the riffs and, and and whatnot, how how do you approach those songs? Um. Sometimes I'll, I'll start with an idea. Sometimes I'll just be in like my studio and I'll just be playing mm -hmm. and I'll hit record and then I'll just play and play and play. And then uh, when I listen back to it, you know, I'll have some great ideas to, to work with. Um, and then, um, you know, like a certain mood will put me will put me in a mood you know what i mean right um like after the after the worship music tour i was really really like inspired um to do some new songs and my mood was a total like old school type of thrash mm -hmm. thrashy mood that i was in you know um maybe because we had some other bands out with us at the time like death angel and exodus um right and the first three songs that were written were the song called You Gotta Believe, the song called Evil Twin, and this other song called Zero Tolerance, which are pretty much full-on thrash metal type of songs. So I think, you know, without me even knowing it, I was like totally inspired uh, by by some of that stuff, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I gotta say like Evil Twin, which is the first single that you guys released from the album, um has that you know classic anthrax sound it starts off i'm like wow yeah this is this is you know what i grew up listening to and 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 whatnot and like you mentioned you got to believe and that's one of my favorite songs on the album um when when you're writing you guys went in the studio to record you guys had 20 some odd songs uh ready to go for this which i think is like the most you guys have ever had going in for an album um, how do you pick and choose which albums will make the cut or which songs will make the cut? Um, it was, it was a little difficult to do, but you, you know, sometimes, you know, for sure, right. like some of the songs that are definitely going to be chosen, uh, because they're just really strong. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But it's also important to me to have a, a well-rounded, you know, variety of things on a record. Um, so it was important to have a song like uh, Blood Eagle Wings on the record, uh, which to me was my favorite song. I mean, okay. the, the demo that I did for that song was almost eight minutes long. It was such <laughs> a big piece of music. And um, I just always knew that that tune just had um, 
it just took me to another place and I knew that that song had to end up on the record. Um, a song like um, Breathing Lightning is another song that really needed to be on the record. Mm -hmm. You know, it just... Right. Just some really good moments that we just couldn't, you know, remove. Is there uh, any chance the songs that didn't make the cut will ever be see the light of day? Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Cool. For sure. Um, I mean, there's some really good ones that were left off the record. Right. Uh, and maybe used for the next record or maybe even an EP somewhere along the lines of uh, the next year or two, you know? Cool, cool, cool. Now, you guys did a song for the uh, Game of Thrones mixtape. Uh, yeah, it's kind of hard to pronounce the uh, sorrow, or you know, I always have trouble with that one. Um, can you talk about how you guys got involved with that one? <laughs> yeah. Well, the the funny thing is, we were such huge Game of Thrones fans, mm -hmm. and um, last last year uh, when we were in Belfast, we had a night off, and we're friends with uh, one of the guys who is associated with the show. We went down to the studio where they film it and mm -hmm. got to see some of the sets and sit on the throne and just all this <laughs> stuff. And uh, maybe that friendship led into, you know, this whole, uh, you know, doing this song. Right. Uh, but we were so excited to do it um, because like I said, it's, it's one of my favorite shows. Um, so, when it came time to like pick and choose which song we were going to give them, this song just had a certain feel to it. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I think the, this, the storyline, the, the, the theme during, for the show, we had to touch on that with right. the song. So, right. I mean, the, the title translates into sister. Fucker. <laughs> so obviously it's a song about the Lannisters and, and so, I mean, it's a great song. It, it I think it does fit <laughs> yeah. the, fits the, the mood uh, of the show uh, perfectly. Now, was that a song that was originally going to be on the album or was that? Um... Yes. Okay. Yes. Cool. Now, um, getting back to the album, this is, uh, you guys worked with uh, Jay Rustin again, who produced uh, Worship Music. Um, what was it like? Did, was it a no-brainer bringing him back? Did he have, you know, different ideas for you guys this time around? Um, there was never a question of us not working with Jay again. Okay. Um, he made the last album a, a really good experience. Um, so, we kind of became very close after that record and he was there from day one. Like I, when I went out to LA to meet with Scott to start working on some music, mm -hmm. Jay was right there in the room. Um, and I like the fact that, uh, I respect Jay's opinion mm -hmm. and I totally were on the same level when it comes to a lot of things. And, um, he's like our George Martin. Right. You know, the way George Martin was to the Beatles is kind of like Jay is to us. Cool, cool. Now, this is also um, first album with uh, John Denae on, on guitars. Um, he uh, joined the band after Rob left. Um, could you talk about, you know, bringing him into the band and, and his, you know, contributions to the album? I mean, John's uh, contribution is just like, it's huge, mm -hmm. uh, especially to me because I'm, I'm a guitar player. But um, when it comes to certain things like lead guitar 
and just uh, speed and all that stuff. There's, I can't, I can't touch John, man. He's just right. fucking on fire. And I worked with him really closely on this record. Um, and it's, it's really amazing. Like the solos on this record, I just, I said, dude, you're, you're my guitar hero. <laughs> I swear. You're just like, you're on fire. So I was really happy to work with John. He's just such an easygoing dude to deal with. And, right. um, you know, if it doesn't sound right, he just goes back and, and, and tries it again. You know, that mm -hmm. type of vibe. Now you guys, um, had a lot of time working on this album. Worship music came out in 2011. Um, does taking that time between albums, does that kind of ease the pressure? Because, you know, talking to some of the younger bands, they kind of feel like that they have to release an album, like, constantly every, you know, every year and then tour. And then, um, so you guys are in a position where you guys can take a little more time with the albums. Um, did you guys feel any pressure with this album? No, no, no. That was the thing. I kept getting asked that questions, you know. Mm -hmm. Do you guys feel any pressure to top the last record or to hurry up and get this out? And um, if I let that kind of seep in, I probably would become a fucking paranoid <laughs> lunatic because of, um, you know, right. expectations. But uh, with worship music, I had no expectations. So I tried the same thing with this record. But of course, you know, it's so hard because in a sense, this is like making your first, like if worship music was our first record, mm -hmm this would be our second one. And what I mean by that was we, we got a new kind of a, a new life here with, okay. with, with this. Um, so, you know, you have all your life to write your first record and then mm -hmm. you have six months right. to write your next one. But we didn't, well, I didn't want to get, you know, kind of painted into a corner with something like that. So mm -hmm. it's like, look, when it's done, it's done. You know, it has to be that process. You cannot rush something. Right. We learned our lesson by rushing something, you know? Mm -hmm. And um, so that's the way it was with this record. But also you have to understand that you can't just fucking hang around and just sit on it and sit on it. You, right. know, you do have to work <clears throat> and you do have to move and get things moving, you know? Mm -hmm. So at what point in the process do you feel the album's done? Do you, I mean, is there, do you set deadlines for yourself, like personal deadlines? Like I want to try and get this done by this time or do you? Yeah. Okay. So it's like, and then. Yeah. Well, the record, it, it was supposed to come out the end of this year. Mm -hmm. uh, and then we pushed it back to January and then we pushed it to February. Right. Um, now, bear in mind, there's still, there, there were still some songs that weren't finished. But like we talked earlier, that will be later on right, or something right. else. You know what I mean? Cool. Right. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it, it would have been it would have been awesome to have a, a double album. But let's face it: in this day and age, it's harder for people to pretty much digest one record, mm -hmm. let alone two. You know right. What I mean? Right. Right. You know, and it's you know, I mean, Iron Maiden just released a double album, which is a great album, but it it takes a while to digest and. and feel all the nuances of it. Um, so, I mean, there's advantages and disadvantages to double albums, I guess. Um, yeah, I love the fact of giving, you know, giving a lot of music out right. um, for fans who, who, who waited a while. But, um, you know, I think it's good to, uh, 
you know, when you when when you order a, a large pizza, you can't eat the whole thing. Right, you right. Eat some of it, and you save the rest for later. Mm-hmm. So that's I guess we're. I'm trying to treat this record as a pizza. Right, right, and it's you know it's definitely worth the wait from you know what I've heard of the album so far. Like I said, it's 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 a phenomenal album. Um, you also design all the album covers for the band, which which I thought was kind of cool and and. Um, this album cover, you know, features like the giant statues of you guys. Um, can you talk about uh, how you designed and came up with the concept for this? And then you had Alex Ross actually, uh, you know, make the cover. Yeah, Alex Ross is a, is a good friend of mine and his artwork is, uh, is outstanding. Um, so um, I, was, I was with Alex at a, at a coffee shop and we were talking about things and talking about the album cover and concept that I had in mind. And I had two different ideas for the cover. So I told him the first one and I could see that his eyebrows didn't move. And I told him <laughs> the second one and then his eyebrows went up. Uh, so I knew, well, that was the one. And he's like, right. now you got something. <laughs> uh, and we just we just bounced off of each other for you know different ideas, and my original idea was to have the statues right across, like lining up across. And mm-hmm. he's like, mm, let's not do it that way because for uh, as far as the depth of the of the you know picture, it would look better having them in this formation. Right. So you know, I let Alex go with that, and um, basically this cover kind of ties into the other covers that we had the last two, which mm-hmm. was uh, We Come For You All and then Worship Music. It's in the same type of world, just don't know where this world is. Right. right. At some point I may even do a comic book that ties this all together, um, which is something on, you know, on my list of things to do. Right. So, I mean, these statues, originally I don't even want us to be the statues. Mm-hmm. I wanted them to be in the in the form of kings so he's like no 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 it's got to be you guys it has to be so i was like okay um so that was it and uh i just wanted to show that these statues were huge and then these creatures were just kind of Mm -hmm. in this room and kind of in this hall this monument um and they're all freaking out Cool. <laughs> it's it, it's a great album cover, and it, I think it, like you said, it does tie. I like how it does tie into the, to the, to the previous ones. Now, 2016 is kind of a milestone year for Anthrax, being you know 35 for 35th anniversary. Um, do you guys have any special plans to to celebrate that? Um, I think the the thing that we're going to celebrate is probably this record. Okay, you know having having our, our our fans hear it and and hopefully coming back with you know that they love it mm-hmm. which, which would be the greatest gift for me right. so in turn we're giving a gift and hopefully we're going to get a gift back so with 35 years you've obviously seen a lot through the industry um can you talk a little bit about you know changes you've seen from when you started out to now you know for better or for worse um Biggest change I see is lack of originality in 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 the music world, mm-hmm. um, and the only way that I can make people understand what I'm talking about. Um, see, a lot of times people want to just like right away. If you say something, they immediately, you know, 
think it's coming off negative and they, they, they need to comment. How do you, how could you, you know, right. all that stuff. But basically I'm a musician. Okay. I've been making music for quite a long time. Mm-hmm. Whether or not you appreciate what we do, the fact is, is this is what, this is what I've done. Okay. I've made it, I've made a career out of it. So if you look back at 1986 and you look at just, let's take the four bands, myself, you know, our band, Metallica, Slayer, and Megadeth. Right. We released four records. We released uh, four records in 1986. Mm-hmm. That was the Puppets, the, the Rain and Blood, the Long Living, the, the uh, um, Peace Cells. Right. Those four records do not sound alike. Okay. They are totally individual. Okay. Right. But yet, we're all doing the same type of thing, the same movement, okay? Mm-hmm. I cannot say that about any one of these bands that's out there today, that they're doing something that is completely original and has its own sound. Everything to me sounds the same. Now, I'm not saying all those bands. I'm not right, saying right. every band. So I'm just saying the lack of creativity <laughs> is is a dying thing. Nobody strives to... Be better. Mm-hmm. It's just like it is what it is. Okay, good. That's good enough. This fucking singer screams, sounds like that, and he gets all whatever. And it's just like it's fucking played. It's just played to me. Right. The, the last last few bands that I really thought that were doing something different was Ghost and uh, this band Death Heaven, and mm-hmm. that's it. Right. Oh. I mean, there's other bands, of course, that I I, I like and appreciate. I just can't remember them now. Right. Right. But for the most part. It's not doing anything. Right, right. Now, do you think something like, you know, we have social media and stuff and, and more bands have an outlet to get their stuff out there, do you think that kind of, you know, maybe there's like oversaturation, which, which was kind of leading to some of that? I just think that there's a lack of inspiration. Okay. I, I think people are just okay with just doing it. Okay, yeah, that sounds good, you know. And then... You know, um, you try and do something different. Right. And then whatever. You know, sometimes it clicks, sometimes it doesn't click. Right, right. Uh, I just find that nowadays, where are the next, you know, where is the next Iron Maiden? Where is the next, you know, band? It's just, it's pretty sad. Right, right. Now you mentioned Ghost, which you know I have to agree they're a phenomenal band, and it's it's you know, again it's a lot different than what I, you hear from you know a lot of other bands and whatnot. Um, but uh, you know, and you look at uh, one of the things I think has changed a lot too is, and I don't know what your thoughts on like you know streaming and the Spotify and things like that, but I think distribution. I hate it. I hate it. I yeah, hate it. and that's you know that's what I think too. It's yeah. like. You know, I think it kind of makes the music. If more people who, if, if more people who subscribe to these things knew exactly what it what what it actually was, mm-hmm. they would probably think twice about subscribing to these right. things. Okay, right. basically, the bands that you're listening to don't get paid much at all. Right. We if you play if you stream one of our songs, we will make probably a quarter of a penny on that, mm-hmm. and. You know, I, I know I know a lot of people have this attitude of like these fucking guys are rich anyway. You know, and and that's a load of shit because let's say you go and you do your job, 
okay, I don't care what you do for a living. Right. But let's say that that paycheck is now cut, okay? Mm-hmm. You would fucking flip out, wouldn't you? Oh, yeah, yeah. So why do you, why do you treat an artist that, you know, makes music any different? It's just wrong. It's stealing. Right. It's bullshit. The record companies make all the money, mm-hmm. and the bands, the artists, they get dicked over. Right, right. Um, now, I mean, with that too, um, you know, personally, I mean, I don't. I, I, I'd rather buy the album. I don't like the streaming because it just sterilizes everything for me. Um, you know, I like having that physical album, and you know, and I think. You know, one thing I missed too about growing up in the last thirty-five years would be like you know stuff like Headbangers Ball, you know, and and you know kind of made music a big event back then, and I think that's kind of missing sometimes nowadays. There's a lot of there's a, there's a lot of things missing nowadays that I almost feel like we were the last generation that were, were privileged enough mm-hmm. to have this uh, to have moments in our life that you know yeah it may it may seem really ridiculous to some people but going into a record store let's say tower records and mm-hmm. spending an hour or so oh, yeah. in there yeah and discovering just discovering some things like that and you know the other thing that people really have to think about is you know you spend so much time in the studio making mm-hmm. these records and getting the right sounds for it and then it gets pretty much shrunk down right and comp- you know just compressed it, and it sounds like shit mm-hmm. and they listen to it with like earbuds that's not the way to listen to music man nah. it's like when you come to a show do we give you earbuds to listen <laughs> to no you're getting the fucking volume right you know and any metalhead should not be streaming our music anyway right 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 you know it's like you know heavy metal to me is a way of life exactly <laughs> yeah that's it yeah, and it's it's great too. I mean, with with Anthrax music too, and being around for so long, you're you're obviously seeing you know a different generation of fans. I know my oldest son; he's starting to get into a lot of you know the bands that I grew up with, um, and just introducing him to all that. So you know, it's kind of want to. I kind of want that experience for my son as well. So you know, it's, it's I understand totally where you're coming from. Um, Real quick before I let you go, you guys got a tour coming up with uh, Lamb of God kicks off here in Pittsburgh. Um, what can we expect to see from you guys out on the road? Yeah, I think that's going to be, uh, a, you know, fucking energetic fucking tour. It's going to be killer, you know. I'm, oh, yeah. I'm really psyched about it, you know. I like those guys that, you know, they do what they do well. Right. I'm just really, uh, really excited about it. So uh, we're looking forward to seeing you here in Pittsburgh in January. Looking forward to the album in uh, February. Um, thanks a lot for taking the time to talk to us. I know you got a lot going on today. So, um, you know, again, we'll see you here in Pittsburgh uh, on January 15th. and new album comes out in February. Cool, man. Thanks, bro. I appreciate it. And uh, hello to all our fans, and thank you for sticking with us. And we will see you soon. Cool. Thanks a lot, Charlie.
Can't like to thank Charlie for taking time to talk to us. Anthrax has a lot of great things going on this year. The new album For All Kings comes out on February 26th. Tour with Lamb of God starts January 15th right here in Pittsburgh at Stage AE. That about wraps up this episode. I'd like to thank you for tuning in. If you have any questions or comments, please feel free to drop us a line at ironcityrocks at gmail.com. You can also check us out on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash ironcityrocks. Follow us on Twitter at twitter.com forward slash ironcityrocks. Check out our Instagram at instagram.com forward slash iron city rocks till next time thanks for listening